Welcome to Definitely Maybe Agile, a podcast where Peter Madison and David Shurrock discuss the complexities of adopting new ways of working at scale. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Definitely Maybe Agile with your hosts, Peter Madison and David Shurrock. How are you today, Dave? Very good. So this has been an interesting week. So I'm in, I'm in conference heaven right now, as it were, five-day conference. It's the biggest Agile conference on the calendar, basically, Agile 2023 here in sunny Orlando, Florida. So maybe it's a great topic for the day, which is how to learn at conferences. What do we go into conferences to try and do and, and how to get the, how to, how to make the best use of them? Yeah, when it's a five-day conference, I think my main goal is to get to the end of it. I was just going to say, <laughs> pace setting is really important. <laughs> yes, pace yourself. <laughs> not have a pace setter running faster than you in front of you. That's not the intention. <laughs> That's not the intention at all. It's an interesting topic for sure. I mean, where would you like to start? Well, I think it's a, it's a sort of formal and informal session that's there, right? So there's the formal like schedule of, of talks, workshops, whatever they, they might be. And then the informal learning, which is all the bits around it. And I think for anybody who's been to a few conferences, the informal is, is so powerful. But when you're going early on in your career and building up that knowledge, it's often the formal, which is the reason that you're at these conferences. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you, you sell it to the people who are paying based on the formal stuff, but it's the informal that you go for. Yeah. And, and the I know that I, I've been to a lot of conferences over my career, and uh, I've even been to conferences where I haven't bothered buying the conference ticket. I've just bought the flight and just hung out with all the people for the uh, informal conferences, yeah. informal part of it, just to have the conversations. Yeah, yeah. I think that that one is, so if we just start on that informal side, the way I always think about it, and it's certainly what I find here at the major conferences. So this one in the agile space, it's really the scrum gatherings and the agile 2023s, 2020Xs. And then in and then the, the local community events, and there's huge conferences dotted all across Europe, Asia, North America, which are regional in scope, um, which I'm not going to sort of list out, but they're all... On the informal side, I think the thing first and foremost is to find your tribe. Mm-hmm. That's the, the people that, that, you know, energize you. The, when I think of the tribe, the conversation there, it's not about learning so much as energy. It's about realizing people are out there that think like you, that are seeing the same things, that respect and share that respect backwards and forwards as a real connection. So find your tribe is that first piece because the tribe is what you're trying to connect with when you're taking a flight to a location without necessarily attending the conference proper yeah for sure and i, I mean the, the the tribes that nominally you and i belong to are a little different and you've got the the there's the agile yeah. tribe over here and the devops tribe over here um, and we, we were talking about this the other day right the that uh, from an agile perspective devops is like a branch of agile but from yeah. a devops perspective we don't even mention agile <laughs> so like, and but then if you go to a devops conference there's no agile people there well there, there are but that's not normally how they present themselves it's it's a very different mindset but it isn't under the covers but there there is sorry just to to, so this is tribes aren't distinct right so so and and i know you've been to agile conferences and i know i've been to devops conferences and the tribes overlap considerably there are people who are heavily in both tribes and they're the same people in both tribes right so it isn't that it's an us and them it's not like sports teams fans where you can't mix and match yeah it's quite the opposite it's actually there's a lot of overlapping tribes so maybe it's not a single tribe maybe it's multiple ones and you'll often find similar you know faces in 
in different tribes. Yeah, I think I think it's at an individual level. I think that is a hundred percent true. I think maybe at a uh, at the present, the way it's presented sometimes doesn't look that way though. Yeah, there is always that. Yeah. So so on the informal side, that finding your tribe, I think, is super important. That's yeah. the conversations in the corridor. It's the actually and and later on in the evening, of course, and it's the discussions in between sessions um, or in parallel to those and finding that is it all of a sudden gives you a home base to from which to go out and talk to other tribes and other groups within the same conference space um i think that's a hugely important one but if we move over to the sort of formal side as well what do you look for in the learning spaces how to get things out of formal schedules of of sessions it really does depend on the type of uh conference it is i I find in terms of uh uh, so I, i tend to go and look for the things that are going to interest me because I've, if I'm turning up to the formal side of it, I'm looking for what are the what are the sessions that are going to most likely communicate the information I'm looking for. I personally often go looking for things like roundtables or smaller groups where a particular topic is going to get discussed yeah. that I'm interested in so that you can really dig into it, especially with experts who know more about that particular topic and I can learn from them and I can like bounce ideas around and share experiences that that I find very valuable valuable as a structured way of uh, like getting learning from uh, conferences and uh, I've I've seen that in all the sorts of different conferences I've been to uh, where you have those opportunities yeah so I, what I was going to say is that I think um whether or not it's a formal sessions and or it's an open space or an unconference where the the, the agenda gets put together on the day I always find reading through the sessions to understand what are the topics yeah. of interest is incredibly useful just to know well what is the current state of thinking in the space that you're in right that's that's one of the first things so taking the time not just rolling up and trying to get into a session but taking the time to figure out what the topics are which ones are of interest and so on more and more nowadays is get there early so a lot of the the, a lot of the sessions fill out especially the really popular ones so get in there early um is a kind of a a tip and and i'm saying that having walked up to a number of sessions in this conference where the session is full scientists on on the door um, which is fantastic but of course you know if you're trying to learn from that it, it helps to be in the room i also really liked what you were saying just as we were setting this conversation up which is the open space format has a rule called the law of two feet or the law of personal mm-hmm. mobility right get up and move around and and in particular if you're in a session and it's not what you thought it would be you do not have to stay to the end of the session it is not i i, I think that as a speaker i've spoken a number of times and and i take that as feedback if people get up and leave it it's helpful to the speaker. It tells them something about how they're presenting the topic, how they're describing the work. So don't be shy of saying, this isn't what I was expecting, and then politely leaving. I mean, don't make a song and dance about it. No rotten tomatoes? No, no, <laughs> leave there's them a, there's a bar, yeah, always the look, Yeah, always look for the stack <laughs> by the door. Yeah. But, but, it's, but just don't feel the need to stay there. If it's not working, then get up and go somewhere else, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's uh, I, I the and putting the agendas together. I mean, I I I have a habit of going through and uh, finding all those things that look interesting to me, and then finding out what tracks they're following, <laughs> and saying, "Hey, did I just follow one single track through the whole?" <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking some of the best experiences I've had at conferences was park yourself in one track. 
yeah. and just sit there and, and really absorb all of the information that's coming through. Right? So, so yeah. that's a that's a great tactic. If it's not clear where you want to spend the time. Yeah, and uh, I have had uh, like some of the the non roundtable. I didn't want to make it sound necessarily that. Uh, only ever go to round tables. I mean, it's just I, I, those would be the first places I target. They're the ones that I want to make sure that I get into. But then the finding, as you say, the sessions that you think are going to be the most valuable to you and making sure you get there early so you definitely get a seat. And that Those are definitely the places that you want to be. And uh, some of these conferences can just be absolutely insane, like uh, the uh, big tech conferences like AWS and places like that, where I don't know what numbers they're up to now, but it's well, yeah. probably well north of 50,000. I've, I've not looked recently, but reInvent is insane. <laughs> it's uh, so many people. So there's, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of that to do as well. Like how are you going to get around to all of this as well, right? And make sure you get the most out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the other things, and maybe this is the last thing that I, I would think about is ask a question. So, and this is, I, I mean, you don't have to ask the question, but think of the question that you would ask based on the topic. And the reason I say that is not just being a speaker. It's always nice to have questions coming in, but it's more it allows you to process the information and to understand how you might get more out of it, right? So it is it's part of that processing piece that comes through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whenever I'm speaking, it's... Uh... It, uh, I, I agree. Like being able to ask the questions is good. And uh, I do appreciate it as a speaker when people do ask questions. Uh, even when they're difficult ones, I might not know the answer to. <laughs> but those ones are the best. <laughs> but they're, but yeah, I know that it's, it's good. It does help with processing, thinking through like, well, what else would I ask? Where, where could I go from here? Like, what else would I want to know that wasn't covered? Um, or if there are questions you have prior that you're coming in with, uh, sure. it's really good. So, so what else might we add? I, you know what? Many of the conferences have a lot of what I think of as ancillary services around the side. So whether it's, you know, uh, space with books or the, the sponsors booths and the conversations that you can have there. I think in a lot of the conferences, there's often um, an expert lounge of some sort, whether it's a coaching clinic or a technical experts. And uh, again, it, it's actually, you, you know, be curious getting around, but also have the conversations. Just this is, I, I mean, it's, it's, I find conferences incredibly um, draining because of those conversations because you're continually having conversations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've uh, I've also had fun volunteering at conferences too. That's uh, like uh, working in speaker support and things like this. Yeah. I, even at same conferences that I've spoken at, which can be quite fun. <laughs> so, no, I, I think that's a huge, um, you know, new to the conference scene is getting on the, the volunteering. Experience on the conference scene, get in on the volunteering, get involved. Right? Yeah, you, you realize how much it takes to organize these things. It's a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so if we were to... St- sum this up into like some like critical points what sort of things would you want the audience to take away let's do a couple of things find your tribe and it might be more than one definitely preparation in terms of looking through the session and thinking about what information you want to get out of it i i really liked what you said as we've got going, which is the get up and leave. I think sometimes we get trapped into the, maybe it's the British and the Canadian bit in me, which says, oh, I can't leave. It would be rude or anything. But I think it's empowering to know that you can say, this isn't for me and kind of get out and move around. And then, yeah, those would be the three things I'd, I'd sort of take away. I, I, think, uh, I think the only thing I'd add to that around the, like the informal piece of it, the, the, how important that informal part of the conference is. Because that, that part of where you'll, you meet people and talk to people, as you say, find your 
tried, but uh, also be taking time in your schedule to go and around the booths or the other auxiliary services and uh, talk to people there and find out what they're up to just to um, see what you can learn. Because that, I think, is where uh, I've always had great conversations and got a lot of value from that. Like uh, Lean Coffee at uh, Agile Conferences is another good one to look out for. It's quite a common one that uh, I see at those types of conferences. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so if uh, anybody would like us like to send us some feedback, they can at feedback at definitelymaybeagile.com. And uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and look forward to next time. Always a pleasure. Thanks again, Pete. You've been listening to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where your hosts, Peter Madison and David Sharrock, focus on the art and science of digital, agile, and DevOps at scale. 